0: You are listening to The Bouquet Toss, the podcast dedicated to uncovering where wedding trends and traditions come from to empower couples everywhere to plan a wedding day that feels authentic to them. This show is hosted by the budget savvy bride herself, Jessica Bishop, along with me, Sari Wienerman, her Real Weddings editor. We've got a ton of fun stuff to unpack with you today. So before you get
1: cold feet, Let's dive right in. At The Budget Savvy Bride, we love helping our couples save money on their big day. Before you go buying anything for your wedding, be sure to visit our wedding deals section where you'll find exclusive deals and discounts from some of the biggest names in bridal, as well as some savvy sales you won't wanna miss out on. Visit thebudgetsavvybride.com deals to see what you can save on this week. Again, that's TheBudgetSavvyBride.com slash deals.
0: Hello, everyone. We are back on another episode of The Bouquet Toss, and today we're talking all about bridal parties, where they came from, why we still do them. This is one that I think is particularly controversial.
1: Oh, juicy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) right? I I just think this is one that a lot of brides feel pressure to do. And then there's always that thing of, do I have the same number of bridesmaids as my partner has groomsmen? I just think there's a lot that goes into this. And so I think we got to get down to like the beginning. Where did it even come from? Right? So we can kind of get all the way to today. So what we've seen in a lot of our research is that there's no like specific one thing that seems to be responsible for the bridal party, but there are several different instances in different cultures that kind of lend themselves to the start of this tradition. Specifically, in ancient Roman law, it was required to have 10 witnesses present at a wedding, so that obviously is considered a precursor to having, you know, your bridal party, which You could probably answer this better than me, but is it, you need two witnesses now? What is, what is that?
1: Um, I think it honestly depends state to state. Uh, you know, in some places you don't even technically need an efficient to get married. So (gasps) that does make sense.
0: But there is another aspect of it, which gets a little bit, uh, juicier where these witnesses who were early bridesmaids and groomsmen would dress like the bride and groom to confuse vengeful spirits or real life people who were jealous suitors who might try to hurt or harm the newlyweds. You know, another thing I read about the bride would have these bridesmaids along with her and and they would all, including the bride, be in the same outfit so that the groom and whoever he was employing to help him capture the bride would not know who exactly they needed to pick. Like, it was like this idea of safety in numbers for, for the women.
1: Wow. Right? If that isn't just as relevant today, I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you know, there's history of the men who were standing with the groom, possibly kidnapping the bride, which is quite different from what it, seems to be today with a groomsman it's you know it's an honor to have your your best guys there hopefully not to kidnap your bride
1: (laughs) oh right you 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 better hope not
0: yeah um but it was like they would they would go get the bride from her her home they captured her for
1: the ceremony that's for her to the groom right wow so we've come a long way
0: (laughs) we have but there's other parts of it that seem a little bit I would say more positive in that being a bridesmaid, like being asked to be a bridesmaid, um, was seen as good luck in order for you to get a husband yourself. Oh. There is, we'll link this article, but we've got an article here that says that in the 16th century, if you had been a bridesmaid three times without getting married yourself, so you weren't the one picked by the groomsmen, then it was believed that evil spirits had cursed you. And to break the spell, you had to be a bridesmaid four more times.
1: That gives a whole other meaning to like always the bridesmaid, never the bride.
0: And like 27 dresses. (laughs) Yeah. So that is very, very interesting. Of course, now we know that it's become an honor. You know, it's an honor to be asked to be in a bridal party.
1: It Um, should be anyway.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, you make a good point because... There's a lot of pressure there, right? People feel like, well, if you have siblings, they automatically need to end up in the bridal party, but maybe they wouldn't be your choice, your first choice.
1: Right. If you're not particularly close to them, you know, I think selecting your bridal party or really like maybe we should put a pause on this actually, first of all, and reframe the whole idea instead of calling it a bridal party to call it a wedding party instead Yes. Explain a little bit more about that. So obviously bridal is very gendered. And so it's it's all about, you know, the bride essentially, assuming that there is a bride even involved in the wedding. You could have two grooms. You could have two brides. So I think there's been kind of like a shift overall in the industry to go more towards using the term wedding party instead of bridal party.
0: That also gives you that freedom to remember that just because... Let's say you do have a bride and a groom. That doesn't mean that all women have to stand with the bride and all men have to stand with the groom. Let's take the idea of gender completely out of it and just think about it as you have your humans standing next to
1: you. Yes, your favorite people.
0: Right. I love that. And I think that's super important. And that's definitely something we want to continue to get used more in in our language in this industry when we're discussing uh, wedding parties. But what I always think about is like, what is the actual function of them standing next to you at the altar?
1: Well, so there, there isn't a whole lot that they really do when they're up there necessarily. Um, other than the women typically hold bouquets, uh, the maid of honor probably has the most interaction in the actual wedding ceremony because often the maid of honor will take the bride's bouquet out of her hands and hold it in addition to her own bouquet, so that the bride's hands are free to either hold, you know, her bride or groom's hands um, at the altar. And also the maid of honor might help straighten out the bride's dress and things like that once she arrives up at the altar to make it, you know, perfect for the the photos um, <laughs> during the ceremony. But yeah, I mean, other, otherwise, you're pretty much just standing up there trying to remember to smile and like look happy (laughs) the whole time. (laughs) Look poised, look like you're interested. Yeah,
0: it's funny. It does seem to be very much related to actually having a function of holding something, making everything good for the couple, making sure things are picture perfect, which is so interesting because it it is, there is so much more, I think, at least involved in having a wedding party than just what actually happens during the ceremony. Right. Now we've got a lot of expectations that often can be expensive for both the couple and their party that go along with this idea of who's going to stand there on that day.
1: Right. I mean, obviously the function, quote unquote, of the wedding party is to stand beside you and be your witnesses or your representatives on your behalf during the ceremony. But in modern times, there's been all these kind of like duties (laughs) impressed upon the wedding party you know i think a lot of especially lower budget couples tend to lean on their wedding party, uh, members for assistance and help and DIY projects and, and things like that throughout the wedding planning process. Right. It's, I do really love the idea of having
0: those dedicated people to help you with, you know, especially for a DIY bride, um, you know, to help you with maybe making your centerpieces or your other decor. Um, I think that having those people and doing those activities with them is extra special so i do really like that and and then you know they have even like a bigger part in your day maybe it's people that are really important to you two as a couple and so it's meaningful to have them be right there with you throughout the whole process but you know it's obviously something as the person getting married that you need to consider. What is the burden of both time and money on the people that you ask to be a part of your wedding
1: party? Right. I mean, there's there these days, I feel like expectations get sky high for some folks, you know, especially when you're talking about friends or loved ones who have to travel from out of state across the country, sometimes even internationally to be a part of your day, not to mention all of the associated wedding parties like showers and engagement party and the rehearsal dinner, bachelorette party, all, all of those things. A lot of it has gotten just exponentially more that is expected out of a wedding party. So it's a bigger ask.
0: Yeah. I do also think that it just inevitably accrues extra expenses. So if you are really working on a tight budget, eliminating those, you know, even just having the wedding party in general could be a useful way of eliminating those other extra costs that you don't want to creep in.
1: Absolutely. I mean, really not just in gifts, and things like that for for your wedding party members, but also, you know, if they're going to be on your guest list anyway, and they're going to be there to celebrate with you, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have them standing up next to you at the altar, and that you have to buy or pay for another professionally arranged bouquet (laughs) for them to hold. Uh, You know, you can still have just as much fun with them at the reception. But of course, I think one thing that a lot of brides love about including all of their friends or as many as possible in their wedding party is that you get to spend more time together on the day of. And so you have those people around you while you're getting ready, while you're getting your hair and makeup done, getting dressed, you know, that experience on the morning of preparing for your wedding with your closest friends is a really special one. But I mean, that being said, they don't, they still don't have to be Bridesmaids or groomsmen, in order for them to be included. It's your day. Like you should plan to have the people there getting ready with you that you want there, regardless of whether or not they're standing with you at the altar.
0: Yeah, I really love that. I think that is so important to remember that there are a ton of special moments that you end up sharing with this designated wedding party, but it doesn't have to happen in this traditional way. You can truly just ask whoever you want to be a part of those moments. It's so up to you.
1: For sure. And I think for, you know, on the other side of the coin, as someone who is a potential bridesmaid for somebody, you might feel like you're in a tough position, whether it's money or time, an ability to dedicate to the responsibility of being somebody's bridesmaid. And it's not that you don't want to or don't care about that person, but you might just have personal restraints of some sort. And so, being able to still be included in the moments that are special to the bride is great without the obligations and expectations being thrust upon you that you can't fulfill.
0: For sure. Another thing that's probably more prevalent now is that let's say you do choose to have a wedding party um, and you know maybe we're talking about the bridesmaid side. A lot of your bridesmaids will be at different points in their lives. There was probably a few decades ago, maybe it was a little bit more streamlined where people were getting married around the same time. Like those expectations societally were really there, which are not anymore. And so you might have one bridesmaid who's got four kids, Yep. <laughs> one who's pregnant. Uh, you might have others who are single. I mean, there's just so many factors that come into it that you really do want to think about what their lives look like right now. And then also, I think that there's kind of a gendering thing that happens when you pair a bridesmaid with a groomsman. Or even if you got two groomsmen and you start to pair people up to walk down the aisle, is that awkward for people? Do you not ask somebody to be on one side? Maybe like your partner has a friend who has weird history with one of your friends and do one of them not make it into the wedding party because of that? You know, like there's so much that can go into it that can make it just feel complicated rather than actually make it feel celebratory and supportive.
1: For sure. And there are obviously so many ways to customize what you do if you have to navigate some of those tricky issues, especially I know a lot of brides I see in our community Asking questions like, did you have the bridesmaids and groomsmen walk down the aisle together or separately? And so, you know, depending on what works best for you, or if you have personal dynamics that you have to keep an eye out for, you can do it whatever way that works best for you and for everyone involved. And that doesn't make anybody feel uncomfortable. And One way to get around that is I, I see a lot often the groom, uh, if there's a groom uh, and a bride, the groom and his attendants will already process down the aisle and stand at the altar. And then the women will process in individually, separately before the bride. And so that's a very normal and typical way to handle that. And then On the way out, you might choose to pair people off, whoever is in line with one another as you exit the church, if that's the way you want to do it. Or you can just stand and go single file, one after another, alternating. Really, at the end of the day, do what feels best for you. Do what makes everybody feel comfortable and just don't overthink it, I think. That's
0: great advice. I love to say there are no rules. You may not even be in a church and you might have a dedicated wedding party but not want them to stand up there with you too. They can be wherever they want during the actual ceremony and still have gotten ready with you and still have shared those pre-ceremony moments with you. It's truly dealer's choice. We are so passionate about empowering couples to really feel like they get to write the rules of their day rather than feeling like there are these expectations that this is how you do it, so this is what we have to do.
1: Exactly. I think it's all about finding what works best for you and just making it a day that reflects the two of you and what's most important to you. Hey friends, we wanted to take a quick moment to share a bit about our amazing private community. If you're looking for a little wedding planning oasis away from the noise of social media, this is just the thing for you. Many of you have loved our Facebook group, but this new platform is what we like to call the next level of budget-savvy wedding planning, and it allows you to connect with one another and share resources like never before. Come join us inside for wedding planning support from a like-minded community of smart and savvy brides-to-be. Get advice and feedback from brides, local vendor recommendations, and so much more. Join us inside today by visiting the slash community. See you there!
0: There's so many gender implications here in general, but it feels like the groom and the groomsmen very often will just wear the same suit or something similar and easy enough, easy peasy, they're done. And then there's this huge thought about, you know, will your bridesmaids wear the same dress? Will they wear the same color, but different dresses? Will they be mismatched? There's so much that ends up coming into it and we can do an entire episode on this, but... um, (laughs) I always think about that, like, is it for the pictures? Do we get so worked into what color and what they're wearing and all of that? Is it truly just for the pictures? I think, and this could be very controversial for others to hear, to have your friends walking around your party as clones all in the same dresses, a little weird to me. And even from the aesthetic of, yes, I can admit that it looks great in a picture, but I also think it looks great when... Your friends are wearing dresses that just go well together so that you do get those nice pictures, but not everybody was like forced to wear the same thing. I'm curious what you think.
1: No, I'm totally on the same page. For my first wedding, my bridesmaids all wore dresses of their choosing we actually had a local seamstress which i will have to tell that whole story sometime (laughs) it's juicy and it it was a nightmare i definitely do not recommend um but yeah the the local seamstress who made my wedding dress and on my bridesmaids dresses i chose six different shades of teal and turquoise fabric of course (laughs) Uh, if anybody knows me or has has Known me long enough to know that turquoise is my favorite color. And so each gal had a shade of teal or turquoise, and then she got to choose her style dress. And so the fabric type was all the same, um, but each girl had, you know, a dress style that she personally chose herself um, that she liked, and it was just in the chosen color. And so they coordinated, but weren't completely matchy matchy. And that was an extreme example of a control freak who wanted <laughs> who wanted that not matchy look, but still wanted control over it? that was me, but to be fair, there was not nearly the resources and retailers that exist today that make that process so much simpler for brides right now <laughs> so
0: true, that is definitely built into the industry now. Um, yes,
1: you guys have it so easy, you don't even know
0: <laughs> can I ask when you were? thinking about wanting to have a hand in what colors they wore and and all of that, was it because you were preemptively thinking about the photos you would have from the day? Or was it also like, so that the rest of your wedding knew who was the wedding party? Like, I I always wonder what um, the driving factor is behind that
1: yeah for sure. I mean, obviously, you know, as the bride coming into planning my wedding, that was kind of what was expected that the bridesmaids all wear something mm-hmm. similar, so that was definitely a big influence. and then, yeah, I mean, to be honest, and it's so funny because social media then was not nearly what it is now, but yes, like the photos were a big motivating factor, I think uh, I wanted a certain aesthetic. And for me, I knew that our wedding colors were going to include turquoise. So having the bridesmaids wear the turquoise dresses was an obvious choice for me, but definitely the aesthetics played a big part and I have no problem admitting that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And that is great. I mean, we shouldn't have a problem admitting it. It's another example of if that is important to you, then by all means go for it. But if it also kind of makes you scratch your head and you're like, why is it important to me? It's worth it to think about. It's worth it to, to think, what do I actually want? Where does that come from for me? And what does it mean for me? And that, that can help you make these decisions.
1: For sure. And then, you know, I know a lot of people also question what to do if they have different size uh, wedding party members on both sides of the aisle, like whether you have an even number or an odd number for each person. And I don't put too much weight into that stuff either. I think if your partner only has like a couple people they want to include and you have more, don't let that stop you from including the people that you want standing next to you.
0: Yeah, I think that's a lot of pressure. That's something that like my friends have talked about a lot. You feel like, oh, if my partner has X amount of people, I better have enough. Or if I have, you know, I have so many people that I need to include. How am I going to get enough people to fill in on the other side? And is that really necessary? Maybe not.
1: Right. And then it, uh, I, again, that's, I think, another example of where it comes down to aesthetics, because really, what does it matter if you have different numbers of people standing next to you at the altar, or maybe they don't have to stand next to you at the altar during the actual ceremony. They can still be your, your attendance, your wedding party, but they don't have to stand at the altar. And I know in a lot of church situations, people don't actually stand at the altar with a couple anyway. So it might not even be a factor, you know?
0: Yeah, when you're designing what your wedding arch or altar might look like, you may not even have room, depending on where you're getting married, you may not have room for people to be standing there. Um, And so, of course, like do it for the gram, because we love to post beautiful pictures. (laughs) (laughs) At the same time, you know, do it for what feels right
1: to you. For sure, for sure. It's also funny because on, on my wedding day, I actually, it it rained so badly that day that we ended up kind of scrapping our whole entire ceremony plans. And so the original intention was for our bridal party, wedding party to stand next to us while we had our ceremony, but there unfortunately was not room (laughs) to do so in actuality. And so it didn't even matter in the end. That's funny. Well, not funny ironic if you will yes rain on your wedding day is ironic right
0: (laughs) yeah well a fun fact that we can close with that people may not be aware of is that the average wedding party size is five on each side that's according to the knot and we can link that article in the show notes but what when you hear that does that seem like right to you does that seem like a small amount does that seem like a big amount what do you think
1: I mean, it, it's an average. I think that sounds pretty average to me. Personally, I had, we had six on each side, which was a lot, but I've seen actually a girl I went to high school with, I'm pretty sure had 22 bridesmaids. How? I don't know. I only saw photos, uh, of course, on, on Facebook. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, it was literally 22 girls in uh, in bridesmaids dresses. And I don't know I would really have to do a little bit of Facebook stalking to see if her groom had an equal number on his side.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm definitely curious to know. I think that I think about, you know, the real weddings that we get and that we feature and the submissions we go through. And that does definitely seem to be the average. Of course, right now we're seeing so many micro weddings and elopements. That there's definitely, and especially, you know, with COVID and everything happening right now, it does seem like there's a little bit of a shift happening where they're just, and maybe it's out of truly necessity and safety and health reasons, but there seems to be less of a prevalence of having a wedding party, if not
1: a big wedding party. Right. Yeah. And I think if you want to just have your one maid of honor and your one best man or whatever the case might be, that's great. That's your right-hand gal or guy to stand beside you and be there to do all of those assistant-ish type things like holding your bouquet or straightening your dress and veil and things like that. It's nice to have somebody there, but if you don't have... A bridal party your coordinator can do things like that or whoever's sitting in the front row honestly like don't overthink any of it it's at the end of the day i can't remember who said this but i saw this quote and i love to share it we've shared it on our facebook and instagram a bunch of times but um it's that a wedding is a party not a performance and so you don't have to worry about everything going completely scripted and perfect and flawless. It's an authentic celebration of you uniting with your partner. And that's all that matters.
0: I love that. I mean, I think we're already now going to be laying the ground for another episode. But when you think about your wedding as a party and not a performance, the idea of rehearsing, a rehearsal dinner, all of those things led to us feeling like this is truly A pristine display of a practiced, well-designed
1: event. All of that marketing messaging of your special day, your one big day, your once-in-a-lifetime moment, there's all this pressure, right, that's put upon it.
0: So much pressure.
1: But there doesn't have to be. And that's what we're trying to help (laughs) relieve for, for everyone.
0: Yes, let's relieve the pressure. This was super fun to think about. And I encourage anyone out there who is wrestling with the idea of Whether to have a wedding party or who they might include, think about it and do what feels right for you. And if you want to talk about it with some other people, we have so many people within our community that are tossing these things around all the time and would definitely be willing to lend an ear. And allowing yourself to have the time to really think about this stuff is very important and you deserve to do that. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Jess. This was super insightful once again, and I look forward to the next one. Can't wait. If you're just getting started with planning your wedding, you absolutely have to pick up a copy of the Budget Savvy Wedding Planner and Organizer. This book has literally been described as the wedding planning Bible. No joke. The book is part workbook, part how-to guide, and it walks you through every single step of planning your big day. From laying the foundations for your wedding vision and budget, to checking off every detail along the way, the budget-savvy wedding planner and organizer will help you stay on track and on budget. And at only $7.99 on Amazon, you'll be sure to score tips and ideas that will save you thousands on your big day. Visit TheBudgetSavvyBride.com slash book to get your copy today. You've been listening to The Bouquet Toss, a podcast brought to you by The Budget Savvy Bride to empower couples to plan a wedding day that feels authentic to them. If you've had as much fun as we did, then please catch the bouquet as we toss it over to you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app. If you're a bride-to-be looking for a little extra support, then join us in our private community to connect with brides like you. Our community helps to support one another while also sharing the free resources we provide via our website and this podcast. Visit community.thebudgetsavvybride.com to join. As always, stay true to you. We look forward to chatting again soon.